have to shout. Gonna have to shout. It's not working so much. Right. I'm not a very loud speaker, so. So I'm they might all have to scoot up, huh? So if you can't hear me, you just have to scoot up. Huh. Praise God. Anyhow, talk about the parables of the bags of gold from Matthew. The parable starts out by telling us that a man was going on a journey. But before he left, he entrusted some of his slaves with, with three with the talents. They were each given talents. The Greek word talent comes from the word uh, weights. Back in those days, a talent of weight was valued according to the kind of metal which weights consisted. It could be a talent of copper, silver, or gold. Just let us assume that each talent was worth $1,000. The first slave was given five talents, which amounted to $5,000. The second was given two talents, which was $2,000. And the third was given one talent, which was $1,000. The parable of talents is the way to teach us about the kingdom of God. We see the characters of the story represent various types of people in the kingdom. <clears throat> who is this rich master who went away from a poor country? It is our master Jesus. When he told this terrible with this parable, Jesus was aware that within weeks he too would be going on a long journey. In this verse where he tells us that rich man would be away for a long time, Jesus knew that his return would not be as soon as some people would imagine. Yes, Jesus knew that he, like the rich man, would return to receive back his property and obtain a careful account for each servant. It's easy to guess who these servants are in this parable. These three servants represent us. They are you and me. The servant symbolizes every servant of God who was born into his house, bought with his blood and employed by his, for his praise and profit. God entrusts us much responsibility to each of his servants. The rich man called his servants to manage a financial empire. Our Lord has called you and me to manage his earthly kingdom. We have been given an enormous responsibility to manage the earthly affairs of the master of master and the Lord of lords. The parable tells us that the servants were commanded to manage his goods. Servants in those days owned nothing themselves. Everything they had, even their spouses, their children, and their property, was their master's. Everything we call ours is really his. As servants of Jesus, we own nothing. We are managers of God's property. Our wives, our husbands, our sons, our daughters, our houses, and our land, our spiritual gifts, and our ministries, our time, and our talents, they are all his entrusted into our care until he returns to receive them back. Now, if we would only realize that we are tenants of his land, we would be less selfish and demanding. If we would only realize that we are not the king of the castle, that he is the king, then we would not be so quick to run away from our responsibilities. In fact, we would ask his permission before we did anything. God has entrusted great responsibilities on us. We must not ignore the fact that we have equal talents and responsibilities. The parable tells us to one he gave five, to one he gave two, and to the other one. 
Each of us given according to our own ability. What we discovered is that God makes us managers according to our manageability. The master of this parable is not only wealthy, but he is also very wise. He knew that his servants did not have equal ability. Likewise, God never gives us more than we can handle. He knows our strength and he knows our weakness. But many of us don't make the most out of what we've got. My first point is that God has entrusted each of us with an important responsibility in the kingdom. Though it might not be equal to the responsibilities given to someone else. My second point I want to stress is that something that Jesus wishes to stress is God has entrusted something to each of us. Some of us who have been entrusted with little don't make the most of what we've got. Servant number three was given only one talent. We're told that upon receiving that, he went and dug in the ground and hid the Lord's money. Now at first glance, this doesn't appear to be such a terrible thing to do. The master told him to look after one talent, and that's what he did. He buried the talent for safekeeping. In those days, it was common to hide some of your money in case some invading army conquered the land and took over the banking system. So the third servant perhaps said to himself, I'm going to keep my master's money safe and sound by digging a hole and burying the talent so it wouldn't be stolen. But what he didn't know, but what the master what did the master think of the servant's logic when he returned? He was not impressed. We're told at the end of the parable that not only was he fired, but the master ordered him to be thrown into outer darkness, a place where there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's scary to admit this, but did you know that many of us, just like the one talent service, many of us don't make the most of what we have been given. And because we don't make the most of what we've been, we've got, even the little we have one day will be taken away. I want us to make note of the behavior and attitudes that characterize this third servant and caused him to displease the master so much. Upon the master's return, he asked the servant for an accounting. The third servant tries to justify himself, saying that he knew the master was a hard man. And when he said that he was afraid, and therefore went and hid the master's talent in the ground. So we see the first characteristic, this third servant, and caused his master's displeasure was fear. He buried his talents because he was afraid. Afraid that he would, afraid that he took his talents and invested, he might risk losing it all and then have nothing to return for the master for fear of losing he did nothing. Fear is probably the most powerful enemy of success. So many people miss opportunities to do something with their gifts and talents simply because of they fear failure. What a tragic thing it would be to bury your God-given talent. How many of us, because we fear to step out and invest in gifts and abilities, God has given us are missing opportunities to use and develop our talents to their fullest potential. 
So the first characteristic of the third servant, he was paralyzed by fear and, and failure. Now let me mention a second characteristic, laziness. Servant number three had one more tragic flaw. When the master returned to settle accounts, he indicated that he thought of the servant's decision to bury the talent. The master called him a wicked and lazy servant. A fear of failure is a great enemy of success in the kingdom. Laziness runs a close second. It probably took servant number three all of five minutes to dig a hole and bury his talent. He saved himself all the time and energy needed to think through the investment options that were available to him. He couldn't be bothered researching the possibility of buying a house or a piece of land at a bargain price and find good tenants. Mm -hmm. Nor did he ever have enough ambition to make a trip to the bank mm -hmm. and take the time to decide on whether to invest the time. The man was just plain lazy. Mm -hmm. The Bible has lots to say about laziness. God has entrusted each of us with responsibilities. Yet when this responsibility is smaller than received by others, many of us fail to make the most of what we have been given. Like servant number three in Jesus' parable, we may be paralyzed by fear of failure, laziness, or both. My third point, there are serious consequences for a person who doesn't make the most of what he's got. The first consequence of fear and laziness for servant number three was the loss of even the one talent he had been entrusted to him. When his master returned and found that the servant had been negligent, and had buried his talent, he was angry. He said the talent should be taken from him and given to the servant who had ten talents. Now in this parable, Jesus is not justifying taking from the poor and giving to the rich. When Jesus is doing his teaching, he's simply principle of life. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. The third servant not only didn't achieve a profit on his master's money, he even lost the one talent he was given to man. This fearful and lazy servant dug a hole, not realizing that he was digging it for himself. He didn't realize that if he didn't use it, he would lose it. Sometimes we wonder why others seem to succeed and we don't. Maybe it's because we're not using the talent that God has given us. I wonder if God sometimes feels that way about us. He has given us gifts. Have we buried them in the ground? out of fear or because we're just too lazy to do anything with them. Why should God give us more gifts and more responsibilities if we aren't able to use what he has already given us? If losing the one talent had not been enough, the third servant heard the master call him an unprofitable servant. And in order that he be cast into the outer darkness where there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here was the second consequence of his failure to make the most of what he had. What could Jesus possibly mean by such harsh words? Remember we learned the master returned to settle accounts with his manager after a long time. This speaks to us of Jesus on the time. Yes, it has been almost 2,000 years and he hasn't returned yet. But this long time is coming soon. One of the reasons he is returning to settle accounts Jesus will look for the profit of his investments. 
Jesus is not talking about just one natural gift or talent. He is talking about how we will deal with the greatest gift of all, the one gift that God offered to everyone, the gift of salvation. The greatest gift that you have been offered is the gift of Jesus, God's Son, the gift of the Savior. We read in John 3, 16 through 18, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. God has given us the one gift that if we accept, will give us eternal life. A life in heaven full of rewards and personal fulfillment. But if we reject it because we are afraid or too lazy to receive it and act upon it, then even the life we have now will be taken from us. In place of eternal life, we will be clad. We will be cast into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't know about you, but I want to be most like the first servant. It says in the parable that the one who received the five talent went and traded them and made another five. Another Bible version we read of this man went at once. The one thing that set this servant apart from the third servant was his faith. And there were two things that showed that he had faith. First of all, he took a certain measure of risk. He could easily have taken the money to a safe route and buried the talents too, like the first, like the third. But he took the money and invested it. Another indication is that it was a man of faith was the fact that he went at once. This servant didn't waste any time in investing the, the master's money. He didn't want to lose even a day's interest in that money, so he went at once. He wasn't fearful or lazy, but he believed so strongly that he would make a profit with this master's money that he went at once. Many of us have the problem making decisions, taking steps of faith, and we end up being poor managers of God's resources. It is no accident that I'm sharing this message with you. God planned this encounter before you and I were born. He wanted you to receive this message. God has offered you his free gift, his son Jesus. You can take him or leave him. But before you leave him, before you reject him, at least take a good look at him. Take a close look at the gift, this treasure. Read the instruction manual, the Bible before you say to yourself, Jesus, this will work for me. God has given each of us a gift and talent. Use them. God has given us the greatest gift of all, Jesus. Don't reject the gift. Don't bury Jesus. Take a step of faith and believe and follow the instruction manual. You know, some of us are not given maybe one talent. Some of us are given more, I'd like to say. Jesus, he knows our, our, our ability and what to do. If, he is, if you're only going to receive one talent, use that to the best of your ability. Use that for the kingdom of God so that you won't be 
sent to a place of darkness where there'd be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen, and God bless you.